everybody. I know James is going to touch really quick on the um, retreat, but I was so excited <laughs> to drop off my big kid on <laughs> Friday. And he, I said, oh, so you're coming back Sunday. And he said, no, Saturday at 6.30. And I thought, oh, gosh, I need 24 more hours to get his energy out. <laughs> and when I picked him up, he called me because he was coming home early, and he's eating gummy worms gummy there. And so I'm like, worms. you do not need any more sugar. <laughs> you have so much energy, and he came back with more energy. But amen, amen. God energy. And my wife is so thoughtful and caring. She writes me these. We've, <clears throat> we've known each other in two weeks from today, 13 years we've known each other. We've been together for 13 years, coming up on eight years of marriage. And she always leaves little notes in my bag, like she leaves these little notes. So I got this note that said, sending you lots of blessings, and I know God is using you with the youth. Remember, they're a lot younger than you. Don't try keeping up, LOL. This was too late because we had already played basketball and dodgeball and volleyball, and I was already feeling the pain. But my, but my mom always said, act your shoe size and not your age. So I was 10 and a half for the whole weekend, and today's my, my body is reminding me that I'm not really 10 and a half. <laughs> but it's so worth it. I'm ready to go to the next camp. So welcome, everybody. I'd like to introduce my wife, Kimberly, who her, her nickname is Coco because she's very direct, very specific, and she can have that hard exterior. She's from San Francisco. People think she's from New York City, because she's very direct, right? And so she's hard on the outside, soft on the inside, like a coconut. So for 13 years, I've called her Coco. That's her nickname. And so for her, her she believes that success happens when relationships are built on trust. Anybody else believe in trust and relationships? Yeah, she's a big trust. She wants to appear trustworthy, and she likes people to be trusted. She also believes that the way you do that is by doing things the right way. There is a right way to do things and you do things the right way. There is no other way. And here's the trick. This is where we have a lot of very intense fellowship discussions very in intense. our house. Very intense. Because the right way translated means my way is the right way. So we have a very high spirited discussions in our house. And what she ultimately delivers is contribute to changing lives with the students where she works at Grad Solutions, with women, with young adults, with the men in the Hawaiian prison. She's all about changing lives and building relationships and doing things the right way. So give it up for my wife. Okay, my husband James. His why is a better way. So James is always looking for a better way to do things, a solution. Maybe you should drive this way, hun, and not drive that way. No, I'm driving. You're in the passenger seat. And how he does that is by simplifying things. So he will make things seem very simple. He'll use acronyms. He'll use short stories. Some might be about some of you without a name. Um, but his cause is to bring value to people and showing people their pur purpose. That's why he teaches and speaks and coaches individuals today. What do you call me? Homie. Homie, yeah. I'm our homie. And we've been, we've been doing marriage ministry or coaching or teaching for five years. We started at Covenant Life about five years ago this time. And Dave and Desiree, Rhonda and Kent, and even Joyce were all some, yeah, there's, um, or some of our students from five years ago. So we've been doing that. We want to share some of the things that we've learned. So today's message is called Becoming One. Um, last week, Pastor Kara, who heard Pastor Kara's message last week on vision and purpose? Very, very powerful, powerful message. I'm going to hit a couple of highlights, but definitely check it out. She talked about how marriage was in the, in the beginning and the end. In, Ge in Genesis and in Revelations 19, God talked about marriage. 
Whole, fa- whole healthy families change the world. Whole healthy families change the world. The best way we can heal our families is first heal our own hearts. All the things of the world are a heart condition issue. It's all about the heart, and we need to do a heart check to start healing our hearts so we can heal our families, to heal our cities and our societies, and ultimately feed into the what? Kingdom business. Amen? Amen. Your family will thrive to the level of the wholeness of your heart. So if you're looking at your family and they're all whacked, look at your own heart. Like mine. (laughs) Ours. Many times we point like this, and we point at all these things that are wrong, but there's three fingers pointing right back at our own heart. So we need to do a heart check. Uh, Vision gives divine purpose, and purpose takes your marriage from surviving to thriving. Mm. Who wants to have a surviving marriage? Amen. It all starts with the heart. Here's a quote that I love. Yeah. Thriving, yes. What did I say, driving? Surviving. Surviving. You know what I mean. You guys are listening. That's good. Pastor broke a couple of guitar stings. I said a few words wrong. (laughs) And I might shed a few tears. That's right. Without God, life has no purpose. And without purpose, life has no meaning. Without meaning, life has no significance or hope. It's all about purpose and vision for our marriages, and we're going to talk about that. Vision gives clarity, energy, passion, unity, and purity. If you have not seen her message, check it out. It's really, really powerful. All right, so what we're going to talk about today is becoming one, to become one. Everybody's heard to become one. We say that a lot, but we're going to share some things. Um, Have you guys ever had discussions in your relationship or heard discussions like this? Why do you act that way? Why do you ask so many questions? I don't get you. That makes no sense to me at all. Can't you be more like me? You must not love me that much. Anybody ever have those discussions in your house? (laughs) Yes, in relationships. You're lying if you don't raise your hand. You are absolutely lying. Because here's the problem. Every one of us spends a lifetime trying to make our spouse be like us. Because it's comfortable, it's safe, it's convenient. Right? We spend a lifetime trying to change this person that God's brought into our lives to be just like us. And I'm going to give you a a mind-blowing shift. If your spouse was just like you... One of you is redundant and not needed in the relationship. You could be by yourself if you were exactly the same. So quit trying to make your spouse be like you. God brought us together for a kingdom purpose, to use our unique gifts, callings, and talents for a kingdom purpose. Amen? Um, Let me me turn the slide. Here we go. Take your jacket off. There we go. You're up. You're up, honey. I know you're hot, so you could take your jacket off. Um... Well, you are. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, my love. Uh, So I'm going to read this scripture, and it has a little story behind it because eight years ago, when I turned 50, I threw myself a surprise birthday party. And the right way, the right right way. way. It was the right way where I wanted it in San Francisco at this restaurant. Anyways, um, so I'll. He's going to share something. Well, I'm going to share something. But let me read this scripture. It's from the Passion Translation. It's one, Psalms 139, 13 through 14. You form my innermost being, shaping my d- delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me. Think about it. How Thoroughly, you know me, Lord. So God created us so uniquely. So eight years ago, we knew God, but we weren't walking. We were backsliders, as you call it. So on my 50th birthday, James gave a speech, and it's so crazy how this comes around now. 
This is, was his little bit of a speech. She is delightfully chaotic, a beautiful mess. <laughs> Loving her is a splendid adventure. Adventure, amen. <laughs> and that ties in so much to the scripture. Yes. I'm like, I love who I am. That's right. Michelle, I think you taught that at something for yes, the ladies. Michelle the did it, the, the ladies. wonderfully complex, and that really resonated with her. Yeah. Because the fact is, God made us all unique. We have all very unique gifts and passions and talents and experiences and desires. And instead of spending time trying to make someone form to the way we are, we just need to understand, honor, and value them for the way God created them. That's going to be the theme if you're taking notes. Understand, honor, and value. That's what it's all about. So here in, in Romans, one of my favorite scriptures, this is in the Passion Translation 12, 4 through 5. It says, in the human body, there are many parts, and each organ has a unique function. And so it is that in the body of Christ, or you could put in body of marriage, because in marriage we are one. We are a body as one. So think about body of Christ, body of marriage. We've all been mingled into one in the body of Christ. This means that we are vitally joined to one another with each contributing to each others. So think about that body of marriage. Kathy and Ray, they marry people. They're, they're pastors. And they did a marriage one time where they put sand from the different couples mm -hmm. into the bottle and shook it up. And it's like when we are combined, it can never be separated. It's truly one. We are one flesh. And so we have uniquenesses that we need to learn to understand and honor and value to become one and stop spending time trying to make us be something that we're not. Amen? Amen. In Romans 12, 16, when it's talking about the gifts of the body. So again, I interpret this gifts of the body of the marriage. The two become one. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. We don't need to be the same. We need to stand in our gifts, stand in our superpower, our zone of genius, I call it, that God has created us by knowing the creator, spending time in his presence every day, understanding ourselves, accepting ourselves, and appreciating ourselves first. It starts with us. It's out of the overflow of God's love that we can love another. We, we were not designed to love another person who's not just like me for the rest of our lives. Amen? It's God's love that we can do that, and it really comes down to understanding that we're uniquely created and designed. So here's a couple of principles that we've lived by in our marriage. One is that marriage only works when it's in first place after God. Yes, you're married to Jesus first. Marriage cannot work second place after football games, after work, after fishing, after hiking, even after camp. It's got to be God and then marriage for those of us that are married. And those who aren't married yet, where's, where's Jose and Itzel? Where are they? Where are they? Oh, uh, okay. Over next door? Okay, they're watching. All right. It, many of these things we learned, we wish we knew before we got married. We wish we learned these things before we got married. Because like Josh said the other day, as you get older and grow bad habits and bad thought processes and heart wounds, it's like concrete trying to change, right, Josh? It's like concrete when you're in your 50s trying to do this thing right for the second, third, or fourth time. Easy. <laughs> um, God must true, be at though. the center of our relationships. We don't argue about who's the boss, even though she likes to tell me what's the right way to do things. I do. Um, we still say, but God's way is the right way. So if or we, can, we say, let's pray about it. Yeah, that's right. That's the, that's the best way to diffuse those intense fellowship discussions, to say, let's pray about it. Let's see what God says. What does the word say? Sometimes I'll go, no, I don't want to pray right now. He doesn't want me to right now. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> um, you know, God's given us the blueprint for marriage. We don't have to look to the world. We don't have to watch YouTube. 
We don't have to look at do-it-yourself marriage for dummy videos to figure out how to do marriage. God designed it. So when you want to know how something needs to operate, what do you do? You go to the manufacturer. You go to the designer. You go to the handbook. I know nowadays they don't give us an instruction manual. It's all online. But God is the designer. He created us all very uniquely complex. And we need to learn who we are first. And quit. It's, it, this is all about an inside job, not an outside job. We need to focus on ourselves and who we are before we can love somebody else. Amen? And be okay with yourself. Absolutely. Being okay with yourself. A healthy marriage is two people selflessly and sacrificially serving each other out of the overflow of God's love. It's not trying to do it on our own. It's what I call more flow and less hustle. More flow and less hustle. When God is flowing through us, when we're aligned, as Nick says, with God in the I am moment, which is the only moment we have. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. We are in the I am moment. When God is flowing and overflowing us, we can love those that maybe they don't deserve it. They don't appreciate it. They don't understand it, but that's not our point. Our point is to love the way Christ loved us. Amen? But we have to be filled to overflowing first. Here's the other one for anybody who's thinking about getting married. You must be good all by yourself and be better together. You don't need anybody to complete you, young people. You are complete 100% in Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross. You need to understand that. We had covenants this weekend, right? We took vows to be single, to be unique and whole right? We did that this weekend with the youth because you need to be good all by yourself with God. And then when you meet that person, first of all, you will attract the right person, right? You will attract the right person because of who you are, the light that you shine, and you'll be able to be better when two come together. Amen. Anything else you'd like to share in principles? You're doing fabulous. All right. All right. All right. So now what I want to talk about is let me tell you a little bit about what a kingdom marriage looks like. You guys, kingdom marriage, you like that? <laughs> These are our kingdom business partners right here. A kingdom marriage is when you pursue God's purpose for your marriage above what you want to get out of the marriage. See, we've got it all flipped up upside down. We chase after kids and money and house, 401K, nice vacation so we can post on Facebook now called Meta. Um, and, and actually what we need to do is recognize that God brought us together uniquely for a kingdom purpose. When we understand that kingdom purpose and we chase after him, all those benefits get added to us, as it says in Matthew 6, right? Instead, we've substituted the goal for the benefits. We're chasing after those benefits when the goal is to chase after God with the purpose he's put in our hearts. We have to know why are we together. The little thing of, I've got butterflies, I'm attracted to you, that fades really quickly. It's the purpose that's the glue. It's the purpose that keeps you on track. The purpose makes your relationship and what God has it planned for to be more impactful, and you don't lose your way. Oftentimes, we lose our way because we don't understand our purpose. Amen? So with this idea of the kingdom marriage, um, when couples share not only their purpose but their passion as well, this is what a really, really healthy marriage looks like. And so... You know, when we were doing some research for this, you guys have heard two become one. Did you know? It's in there four times. It's in the Bible four times. So how important is two become one to God if he said it four times? Four separate times he talks about two becoming one. In Genesis 22, right before this was said, this is when it was bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and woman was created. And then it said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. You know the rest. First time. Next, in Matthew 19, 
He who made them male and female, therefore two shall become one. Second time. Mark 10, 8. God made them male and female again. It reemphasizes this, male and female. Therefore, the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer one, no longer two, but one. And the one we all know about is Ephesians 5.31, where it talks about members of the body and his flesh and of his bones. Therefore, this reason a man shall leave his mother and father, father and mother, and join together, and the two shall become one. So how important is that? It appears four times. God really, really wants us to be one. And where's Ronnie? The stupid head enemy, the stupid head devil, she calls it. <laughs> when Ronnie gets fired up, she's like, that stupid head devil. <laughs> and the stupid head devil wants to separate us. Amen. And we cannot be separated if we're joined under God. And we need to walk into that. We need to act like that. We need to speak into that. You want to share anything, honey? Uh, I just want to share one thing. Um, our last year, eight years of our journey, I had a difficult time because um, I had a lot of daddy issues. So with God being a man, I had... God issues. I'm like, I don't want to listen to you. So then that turned into, I didn't want to honor my husband and listen to my husband. And I had to really learn. It didn't really click till what I think it was honor, align and obey. And it was, man, I got to honor my husband. I got to honor God. So it, it changed my whole life and my whole life the way I looked at marriage. Cause I had, like James said, this is my fourth marriage, third marriage. Sorry. And uh, it really, really, really changed me. So I just wanted to throw that little note in there. Amen, amen. So I'm going to give you a definition. We've been talking about a kingdom marriage, and I love this. I'm a Tony Evans disciple in this kingdom. Um, kingdom marriage, a covenantal union between a man and a woman who commit themselves to function in unison, in unison under divine authority in order to replicate God's image and expand his rule in the world through their both their individual and joint callings. Think about that. In unison, committed, under divine authority, replicate God's image. And then it says through both their individual and joint callings. So you don't lose your calling when you get married. You don't lose yourself to marriage. You actually get stronger because you understand that there's a kingdom purpose that God brought to you together. And all those other benefits and things we were chasing after, they will chase after and overtake us when we align in our purpose. Amen? So if you've never done like a vision retreat, Kathy and Ray do a vision retreat kind of workshop where that helps you really sit and spend time with God on the weekend and understand what was the purpose that God created us. Why did he bring us together? There's lots of people he could have put us. Why are we together? When couples don't have that, they lose their way. They lose their focus. They start blaming each other for the things that they are seeking in the other person. When it's not about the other person, it's about coming together and following and pursuing God's purpose. Amen? Kingdom marriage. You want to say something, honey? You're doing great. <laughs> Am I doing it the you right way? Show. Am I doing it the right way? You're, yeah. All right. All right. So here's the keys. These are the three keys. It's understand yourself first. You can't expect or look for anything from anybody else till you understand yourself. Your own heart wounds, you have to seek your heart. You have to really understand your own passions, your own giftings, your own experiences, and how God can take everything you've been through and use it for good. And the thing about it is, it's not for you, it's to bless others. Things should flow to us and then through us. They're not for us. But we first have to understand, stand in our kingdom power by understanding who we are. I then, also, go ahead. Sorry. I also like to be, you have to be aware, you have to accept, 
and appreciate each other. And that's sometimes very difficult to do, but you have to really be intentional. Absolutely. But it starts with us. We have to understand ourselves so that when people try to tell us we're something else, we can say, no, stupid head devil. That's not who God created me. I know who I am. I am my identity is fully in Christ. Then we have to honor ourselves. Sometimes we understand, but we don't honor. We give ourselves away. We have no boundaries. A lot of us have boundary issues, especially as Christians. We got a lot of boundary issues because we think we got to serve everybody. We got to do everything. We weren't created to do everything. We were created to do the right thing. What we all need to practice is saying no to good things. Everybody say no to good. Yes to great or God. No to good. Yes to God. We need to be bold. And we can't do that unless we know who we are. We'll get caught up. Busy is the enemy of great or God. And that stupid head devil wants to get us all caught up and busy. I'm serving for God. I'm serving for God. I'm so busy. I'm neglecting my family and my health and everything for God. Instead, we need to align with God and do things from his power. That's the flow. We get caught in this trap of I got to do all this stuff for God. He doesn't need us to do it for him. He needs us to be willing, faithful, and available to work through us. We are vessels. Amen. Amen, Carlos. You like that? <laughs> and, then, and then we need to value it. Not, not just that we understand it, we know it, okay, I'll put up with you because you're different. But no, I actually value and appreciate. Like really actually expect that your partner brings that unique piece to the relationship on purpose. In purpose, on purpose, with passion is the way we need to respect our partners so that we can have that kingdom union. So we're gonna, what we're going to do now is take you through a little bit of a model that we use. This is a model that we use in our coaching. It's called the Core Values Index. And the core value, if you've taken anything like Enneagram or you've done the Strength Finder or you've done DISC, there are all these different personality and behavioral assessments. And what's different about the core values is it measures the core wired nature of an individual. How do you like to say it? How you were hit. I know what to say. How you were knit in your mother's womb. How you were knit in your mother's womb. This gets back to what I call the factory reset. Like who you were when you were created before the nurture of life took over. The nurture of parents and grandparents and relationships and teachers and bosses and all the things of life that warped us away for who we were created to be because we didn't know. We were young. And so this, what this does is measure who you are through four core values. The, um, so I'll go, I'll go from, from the red up here. Yeah, the red is the builder. And I'm, I'm married to the highest builder I've ever measured in a year. Yay, right here. builders. <laughs> yeah. And so a builder, a builder has a core value of power. It's all about getting things done, making things happen, solving problems. For a builder, to take action is the result. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do something. Just move. <laughs> to frustrate a builder is to be indecisive or have to think or get other people's opinions. A builder says, let's move, let's move, let's move. And because of that, sometimes it can be very intimidating because they come across like, I don't care, let's go, let's go, let's make it happen. And they are... It says that, uh, Jenny's laughing because she knows my wife. Uh, power is catalyzed by faith. And this is not faith in God. This is faith in myself. It's that self-assurance on steroids that I know that I know that I know that I know. I don't need anybody's opinion. I don't need any facts. And by the way, I know the right way. My Keep wife rubbing. is the highest builder that I've ever met. Lucky and, you. <laughs> um, so merchant, merchant, the next one, merchant, is all about love and relationship. 
I want you to think about these as I go through. That's these and, James. Yes, that's me. I'm, I'm, that's Jenny. That's Jenny. right. I'm off the charts when it comes to that. Our pastors, actually, our pastors are some of the highest merchants that I've ever tested. They are off the charts. And we talk about all the time, don't our pastors love well? We yeah. talk about, that's the reason our church is what it is, is because of how much they love. And Caden is right next to the two of them. All three of them line up at very, very high in merchant core value of love. And it's all about relationships. It's all about seeing the inspired vision for yourself and in others. Think about what they do. They inspire, the reason we're up here talking, they've never seen what we're gonna present, but they, they believe and they have faith and they empower us all to do all the things that we do in this church. So merchants are about relationship, talking and sharing. Oftentimes merchants tell stories. They sit around and tell stories. Think about in culture, history is passed down through stories. So merchants tell stories. My wife can say, that I can make a short story very long. Very long. Very long. Get to the point. She's a builder, right? Builder. Come on, get to the point. But what is let's it? Let's tell we... them how you tell stories. Okay, go ahead. Tell them. So I will be in the morning, come home from the gym, <laughs> and I get in the shower. And I'm like, I literally say, please, Jesus, give me one break. Please give me one. He comes in, hun, guess what I got to share with you? The Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and downloads it. I said, I'm trying to take my shower. And this long story goes, and I shave my leg and cut my leg, and oh, my gosh. He's always got lots of stories, but it's not short. It's not just, hey, the Holy Spirit shared this with me. It's this long story. It's, it's all like about the details. <laughs> Amen. Hey, does anybody, anybody resonate with that? Yeah. How about the? Let's give a hand for all the merchants in the house. Yes. Great. Amen. Thank Amen. You. We love our merchants. And, and so for merchants... <laughs> Let's go builders. <laughs> builders. Yeah, any builders? Any builders in the house? Yeah. There's the builders. All right, get things done. So merchants is all about stories. Um, and the conflict strategy for merchants is what's called manipulate. And that hurts my heart when I say that word because we love people. We don't manipulate people. But because we want to keep things so relational, we may leave out some details. We may keep things going in a certain place. Sugar coat. She called me the biggest sugarcoater she's ever met 13 years ago because I'd rather keep it relational. Just leave out those details that would, you know, get us down the path. Let's just enjoy the experience now. We'll get to that tomorrow. I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, right? <laughs> we don't need to get into those details. So that's, uh, that's me as the merchant. And then there's innovator. Innovators are about wisdom. Wisdom different than knowledge, that knowledge is just storing information. And wisdom is what is the perfect or best thing to do with that wisdom. Michelle is a high innovator, right? She's always figuring out and problem solving. Actually, Deanna is the highest innovator at 84% that I've ever met. She solves complex crossword puzzles for fun. Like when she takes a break, <laughs> she does the most complex 3D crossword puzzles and she's energized and excited. You weren't supposed to say names. Deanna said it was okay. Oh, okay. She said it's okay. Yeah, she said I could share. <laughs> but innovate, innovators... Their strategy when they feel like people aren't considering all the facts is they ask questions. They interrogate. So if you've ever been in a relationship or at work with someone who's an innovator, they'll ask you a lot of questions. They call it the devil's advocate is the way they hide that. But I call it death by a thousand duck bites. They will ask you so many questions that eventually it's painful and you die and you say, okay, uncle, uncle, what do you want to do? And for the innovator, it's all about I need to study and understand the best options. It's not the fastest or the easiest, but what is the best approach for people, for situations? Any, anybody resonate with Innovator in the house? Yeah, <laughs> there's Joyce. <laughs> Hi, how are you, Joyce? <laughs> Joyce is raising her hand. Hi. And then bankers. 
Bankers are all about knowledge. It's facts, it's details, it's figures, it's research. Many of us have learned in our jobs to do that work, but we don't really enjoy it. I can tell you out of 100%, I have 0% in banker. Don't care about the details, don't want to do it, don't want to know it. I love them, though, because those are people that really enjoy that. Um, whenever we do this report about the different styles, you get like a 16-page report. And the person that was a banker one time, I said, hey, does this sound like you? And she said, yeah, you should put my picture in that box. That is 100% me. She was a high banker. And she was a copyright editor who wrote books. And she said, not only did I read the report, because of the four types, only the bankers read the full report. They're the only ones that read the details, right? It makes sense. Merchants read the headline, and they're off to have celebrate and tell everybody how great they are, right? <laughs> Builders say, I'm not wasting my time reading this. i got to get stuff done. Innovators want to say, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe it could be something else. Let's talk about it. Let's go to the whiteboard. But the bankers read the details. And this lady said to me, not only did I read this report, but I can show you where there are seven grammatical errors in the report that you sent to me. <laughs> and I have a hard time trusting people that aren't perfect in their grammar. The cool part about it was... <laughs> She was trying to get new business as a banker. She wanted to write books for people. And the way she was marketing herself is like a banker would think, with facts and figures and details and cost. And I said, you're never going to get any clients that way. You need to attract some merchants who have great stories to tell, right, so you can write the stories. So today, if you go on LinkedIn, you look at her profile, she's got pictures of cats and glasses and books and cups of tea, and now she's attracting the people. So the, the idea is that we need to understand who we are yeah but we need to meet people where they are, right? Like the love languages, it's very similar. As we understand ourselves, we understand others. So a couple of stories to illustrate, because this is all about recognizing and then being able to shift and meet our partners where they are. So my wife is a high builder, 74%. She wakes up in the morning and thinks about what she's gotta get done on Saturday. Monday morning, she's thinking about Saturday and she gets all stressed and anxious, right? And so I'm like, hey, let's just enjoy the morning. Let me share you what, let me tell you what God told me this morning on my God walk, right? <laughs> While you're in the shower. <laughs> let's enjoy the morning. We have Saturday is like five days away, right? So here's a story. When we go out on Saturday to home goods, we love home goods. It's one thing we align on. We like the experience, <laughs> right? <laughs> we like you're looking right. at all those cups with letters and your initials on them and the journals. towels. All the journals he they have. He comes out I, with 12 journals. Yes, you cannot have too many journals. And then you go down through the aisles like Ikea, and you wind your way through, and it's this experience. All they need is have a cup of coffee, and I'd stay in there half the day, right? But you got to also say that I have a list when I go in. She has a list. She knows what she's looking for, and I'm just kind of browsing, looking for lampshades and towels and stuff like that. Even if you don't buy anything, it's an experience. Then you go down the little finish aisle, the impulse aisle, and there's the peanuts from Thailand that are $5, and the gummy bears from Belgium, stuff you don't need, but it looks good when you're having this experience, like buying overpriced movie candy, right? And so then we, then we leave, and so I say to her on Saturday morning, this is something we've created that we do with our couples called care instructions. Yes. You know how you have care instructions in your clothes for how to treat your clothes? We all need to write care instructions for ourselves so we can help inform our partners of how we want to be treated during certain situations, right? When and we're these, sad. Go ahead. And these are care instructions, you know, when you're sad, when you're frustrated, when you're overwhelmed, whatever. We usually do like five or six and then let them do one other and then you swap the cards, you read them to each other. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. You're doing good. And um, we make them sign it. And so then when some, if I come to James and I say, you know, I'm really frustrated right now. He'll get out the card. He knows them all pretty good. I have to get his out because he's <laughs> There's a right way to do this. Yeah. So <laughs> then you read what they want. They want to be prayed with. They want you to just listen and not talk. 
there's all different whatever how everybody wants the other person to be treated when they're in that moment so yep so so, so here's how we, here's my care instructions to her i'm a merchant i'm about experience she's about get it done check it off the list right she's got a list called get stuff done but it, the s is not stuff but it's get stuff done for church right and so on saturday morning i say listen honey we're gonna go to home goods as our start and if you've got nine other things on the list in your mind don't tell me any of them just let's go to that first place, let's enjoy the experience, let's connect, let's bond, and then just float the next idea. Let's go to Sprouts, let's go to Michael's, let's go to Barnes, whatever you want to, we'll get, we'll get your list done, but don't let yeah. me know there's a list. Like, yeah, I, hide your list from I me. I can't pull out a list and I have this to do dry cleaning and it, because he's like, take me home. Yeah. I'm going home. No, it actually goes like this. If there's a list, I say, if you show me a list before we leave, I'm going to tell you, go by yourself. I'm staying home. I, that sounds like a work day to me to get all these things done. But if you turned it into an experience, you had me at quality time. I'm a quality time guy, right? Keep it quality time, and I'll, I'll go all day long. We'll be tw out 12 hours, and I'm just enjoying the experience with my favorite person in the world, my wife, yes. right? For her, talk about your get stuff done list, how you make sure we get things done. Oh, so I have this list that I create throughout the week, whether it's changing air filters or whatever it might be. And... I have to check it off. That's kind of my thing to do. And he'll be like, oh, we'll get to it. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get to it. His timing would be three months later. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's got to get done now. So I learned something in one of our um, marriage yeah. classes. It was Deanna that I might, because I, I'm a little, I'm very OCD when it comes to cleaning. And so I like to clean. But I might say to James, oh, could you vacuum for me? Yeah, I'll get it done. Get around I, to it. Yeah, get around to it. And I'm like, okay. I know what that means. It won't get done. Maybe in two weeks. So uh -oh. <laughs> Deanna said to me, you need to say to him, and this was so good, could you please vacuum for me today and have it done by 4 o'clock? Because then if it's not done by 4 o'clock, then I'm doing it. Because it's got to be the done the day I clean, not another day. And the way she did it was it was an <laughs> agreement. Would it be possible for you to get that done by 4 o'clock? And if not, let me yeah, know she now. She said it kinder words than I did. <laughs> she, she didn't say it as a builder. She said it as an innovator. Hey, here's an option <laughs> for you. Would it be okay if you got that done by 4 o'clock? And if it's not, let me know now, and that way I don't be disappointed because it's all about managing expectations. I, I hear it a little differently when it comes to yeah. me, but I, I, know, I know her heart. I know her heart. I know what's in there. It is in there. I know how God created her. That's right. Uniquely complex, a wonderful mess, and it's a joy to love her. Yep. Uh, just a couple other quick stories. Um, as we've done this with couples, it's the most fun thing we do. We always start out with this. It's always interesting to see. Everybody talks about these opposites attract, and we have these conflicts, but it's not opposites. It's complementary. God put us together to complement, not conflict. And that's a shift of our mind and our heart that we have to have to understand this is the person that God brought me together with to become one four times in the Bible so we can fulfill his kingdom purpose, not the pleasure and the joy that I want. It's all about God. Amen. And so there's a couple of friends of ours. They're not here right now. I won't use their names, but they were going to go on a trip. He, so he's a high builder and she's a high innovator. He does things. He's like fire, ready, aim. He's already done. Before he even aims, he's done, right? And she's an innovator. Like, hold on. Let's look at some options. Let's check this thing out. Let's talk to the Holy Spirit. Innovators are really plugged into the Holy Spirit. That's why Michelle is the sexy voice of the Holy Spirit, because she's so plugged in with the options. Let's slow down, right? And so they were going on a trip, and they were going to do a big event. It was the uh, Indy 500. They were headed to Indiana. And he was like, let's get tickets. It was like a last-minute trip, and they had the money, so it wasn't a problem. So she bought the tickets, and then she had this terrible remorse. 
I didn't get to investigate the best seats. I didn't get to find out where we we're going to stay. I didn't get, all this stuff started creeping up, and the trip was miserable. The whole trip, they fought and they argued, and it wasn't about the, the clothes or the packing. or th- It was about the fact that she did not feel honored and valued as an innovator with the time to really look at the best options. Has anybody ever felt like that? Right? And so he was, he was like, I'm fine. We went to the thing and we paid for it. It was good. And they fought the whole time. So I said, hey, guys, what if you did that trip again and you learned to honor each other like this? Hey, hon, I want to do this trip. I want to go to the Indy 500. I know that you need to feel honored and valued by doing the research. How much time will that take? Two days? Okay, great. So in two days, we'll come back and we'll talk about it and we'll lock it in. Now they have an agreement. And she admitted because she's such a high innovator, without that two-day clock, she would keep innovating, and they'd miss the event. They'd miss the plane. They'd never buy any tickets. <laughs> so the point is we need each other to be able to balance like that because it helps make us two become one stronger. Each one of them would just done things different ways, but they needed each other. The last example uh, is a couple, and they were both high merchants. So both they meet in love, which is good. They meet in the place of love. But the place they go second, she goes to build her, he goes to innovator. He's a, he's a big dreamer. Lots of questions and thinking about things. So when he starts asking questions about things, she kind of panics as the builder and thinks, how are we going to do all that stuff? And they shared a story the other night how he brought up some ideas about doing some things and mobile hospitals and fun things like that. And all she could think about was the legal reasons and why. And all she could see was, we're going to go to jail. <laughs> and he was like, we're going to save lives. Same conversation, different needs. And so what we said was, guys, come back to love. Come back to the relationship part first. And so here's what they do now. What they do now is when he's going to share some ideas, he says, honey, I'm going to share some ideas. I want you to sit on your builder planning. We're not going to execute any of them. Just listen to understand, right? The first uh, goal of communication is to understand, not agree, right? So just listen. Then we can talk about whether we do them. And most of the time, 90% of the stuff they don't do, but it's the process for an innovator. So you honor the innovators in your lives by allowing them to go through that process. Then they stay in relationship. Then if they actually decide to do it, then the builder kicks in with how we're going to do it. And everybody wins. Amen? Does that make sense? And you don't break the connection. And you don't break the connection. Because the number one goal, right, of relationship is to protect the connection. When we protect the connection... It allows for God's love to overflow out of us. Amen? So hopefully that was helpful just to show you again. It's all about, it's all about understanding, honoring, and valuing ourselves first and then our partners. And so what we like to do here at PDV, we're all about knowledge plus action equals heart transformation. We don't want, we're not up here for pastortainment, as we call it. We're not up here to entertain you and make you laugh. We're here to give you something that you can take home. And this is for any relationship. It doesn't have to be with a spouse. This is things for every relationship. And so here are your three call to actions. I love this stop, start, continue, because we know action changes things. And we know that knowledge without action is like you don't know. So knowing something and not doing it is the same as not knowing it. So you have to put it in action. So if you're taking notes, write these three things down. The first thing is stop trying to change your spouse. Everybody says stop trying to make your spouse be like you. Make your spouse be like you. Right. And what we want to do is start understanding, honoring, and valuing. Say understand, understand honor, honor, and value. value. This works miracles for your kids. This is not just for your spouse. Think about your kids. 
honoring it, meeting them where they are, not making them feel that they need to be a part of what you've created, the agenda that you have for them, right? So this is any relationship in your life. And finally, continue loving each other unconditionally, not on your own, but out of the overflow of God's love. Amen? So that is how we become one. It's what we practice. It's what we teach. It helps keep us aligned. God is the boss. We are not the boss. God really does know the right way. We just have to uh, align and surrender to him, right? Anything else you want to say to wrap up, hon? No, I love you so much, and I'm truly blessed to have you as my husband. I love you too. I love you too, honey. Let's go ahead and stand as we release and have the prayer team come up. Yes. If you need prayer, if anything resonated with you today, if anything resonated in your heart, if God spoke to you, if you want prayer for any relationship, this is not just about marriage. These are God's relationship principles that are universal. We have a prayer team up front. If you'd like to come up for prayer for yourself. Pastor, they sang a song that said, everything will be restored. God will bring it back, right? That was a beautiful song. All the healing, whether it's cancer, whether it's mental illness, whether it's relationship, will all be restored. So if you need healing, or prayer for us to come into agreement. Please come forward after prayer. Let's close. Father, we just love you so much, Father. We love you that you love us first and you show us the way to love our spouses and our families. And Father, we know that marriage, as you've told us, is so, so important. You tell us about it four times, two become one. And you created us for a very specific kingdom purpose, Father, and we thank you. And I pray that every couple seek after you to understand their kingdom purpose. And you'll add all the blessings, all the benefits, all the promises, provision, and power to them, Father, to fulfill your kingdom destiny. Father, we just thank you right now that everybody who heard something that maybe just kind of, you know, convicted their heart and maybe to think about something different, we want that they can have the strength and courage to really open up and be vulnerable, honest, open, and transparent discussions about who they are, who you created them to be, and who you brought to be a partner with them. So, Father, we just thank you now, and we praise you in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a high five on the way out. Have a great week.